Welcome to the Become Who You Are podcast. This is a production of the John Paul II Renewal Center. I'm Jack Rigert, your host, and welcome to Tuesday Night in the Smith Home, Becoming a Christ-Centered Family. This is every Tuesday, and I'm a little sorry if you're getting this late on this Tuesday. This is going to be for the readings for Sunday, July 17th. In case you haven't been with us before, what we do is we, we look at some scripture reading, and I'm going to just read just the gospel for this upcoming Sunday. It varies depending on, on what's and what stirs me and what I'm seeing in the world right now. But this is going to be for the, uh, the gospel of Luke, chapter 10. Verses 38 to 42, if you want to look that up. Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to 42. Short gospel. It's for Sunday, July 17th. And the idea is this. You know, one of my favorite things to do of all times is to work with parents of of young children. There's something about the challenge of raising children in a world gone seemingly mad that motivates parents, even the ones who haven't thought about the meaning and purpose of life for a while, to have an interest in discussing issues beyond the latest social media fad, etc. You know, parents are becoming aware that the kids are not all right. These uh, transgender crazes, seducing our teenage daughters, the pornography, seducing our boys, depression, anxiety, cutting, anorexia, suicide. They're skyrocketing among teens and taking their toll on families across the country. You know, so so we want to build up what we call the domestic church, right? This is your home. You know, we have to bring some sanity. You know, these evils are not going away. They're really bombarding us. And the family just needs to bring, becomes Christ-centered when you look out in the world and you see all these things going wrong, you realize the only one that has the power really to change your heart, to change your family's heart, to keep you on track is God himself, right? So for those of you who haven't joined us before, let me just give you a little background. I usually uh, don't do this, but I haven't done it for a while. I'll tell you a little bit about what Tuesday in the Smith Home is. It's and uh, becoming a Christ-centered family, and I've been doing this for many, many years, sharing with in religious education programs, parish missions that I'm doing, et cetera, et cetera. And I always just give them these ideas. And Tuesday night at the Smith Home, is I love simple things. So you're going to pick a night of the week. I call it Tuesday night at the Smith Home, but it could be Wednesday, Thursday, hopefully a, a couple of different nights a week. And and it doesn't have to be children. You, In fact, you don't even have to be married. You can go out and grab a couple of friends. Hey, if you do it by yourself, you do it by yourself. Grab a glass of wine and sit there and relax. But, you know, get your parents, your your your, your neighbor, your cousin, you know, whoever's around and, and form a family, right? And so you have, you're making dinner one night and it's kind of a fun thing. Don't get too complicated. Hey, make a nice little pasta dish or something. Get, you know, nothing wrong with having a glass of wine with that. Gather all the kids around the table. Pick a night of the week, again, any night that you can be reasonably assured, right, that everybody's going to be there gathering for dinner. And you make it a special night. You name it, you know, Tuesday night, at whatever your name is, right? So all the kids know it. They put it on their in, in, in their calendars, right? And, you know, on Tuesday night or whatever, again, that night is, you're going to all get together as a family. You know, when the, our kids start to get a little older and got into teens, they used to invite kids over. You know, I didn't care. They could bring anybody they wanted over. They just couldn't go out that night. No cell phones, no television. It's dinner and conversation time. And it was people start to look forward to it. It's a little awkward if you haven't done this stuff for a while. Everybody's got their iPhones and their iPads. No, no, no. Get rid of all that stuff. We're going to talk a little bit. So here's all it is. It's very simple. Dad starts by reading the gospel for the upcoming Sunday, right, ahead of time, and that's what I'm going to help you with now. Mom and Dad, you know, and it could be Mom too, right? So Mom and Dad do a little homework, so you, so you, you got a little idea of what you're going to say, and that's really what I try to unpack a little bit for you here. You know, later on during the meal, uh, Mom or Dad ask the kids, you know, what do you think Jesus said or what do you think he meant when he did this? 
Today, uh, Jesus enters a village where a woman whose name was Martha welcomed him, and then she had a sister, Mary, who sat down at the Lord's feet. I don't remember this, so I'll read it in a couple of minutes, but Martha was saying, hey, you know, you know, Mary, come help me, but Mary wanted to sit there and listen to Jesus. So the thing is, you know, I would ask the kids, hey, you know, this is what happened. Who do you think was right? Was Martha right, who was busy making dinner? Was Mary right to sit at Jesus' feet? And blah, blah. It just starts a conversation. And see, the kids get pulled into it. So you don't have to read the whole thing, even though this is a short gospel and you might want to. But you could just say, hey, what do you think Jesus meant when he said this, right? Okay, let's say you have three kids. Got that conversation going. Down at the end of the meal, right? Dessert's coming out. Let's say you have three kids. Well, everybody knows this already because I used to have them put it on the on the refrigerator, just a piece of paper, a little chart you can make from Excel or whatever. And they, here's the three jobs. So, uh, And everybody knows the week before. So one child knows that they're going to lead Grace that night and adds a special intention that he or she is selected to be included in the prayer before dinner. This is before dinner. So let's say that's uh, Sheila. So Sheila... You know that uh, this Tuesday you're going to say grace, and then, you know, let's pray for somebody, right? So think something. There's plenty of things out there to pray for, some kid in their school, something happened, right? It just gets them involved in the prayer. If you see the other kids and, you know, got, you know, some ideas, just say anybody else want to bring some intentions up, and it's kind of cool to go around the table. You'll see God comes right into the middle of it. Okay, child number two. So David— Right. Uh, every week, you know, week I give a hundred dollars away to the church. I take twenty dollars out of that envelope. I put it on the table, and I got it on a separate envelope. And that twenty dollars is given at the discretion of David this week. Um, and so, David, you know, wh- where's this twenty dollars from our family going this week? Who are we going to give it to? Uh, so and so has has uh, cancer down the street, or St. Jude's General Hospital. It just gets them used to becoming a gift to others to see that we got to share in our good fortune. And finally, uh, child number three has to make some kind of act, an action, right? It's this Mary and Martha thing, right? You're going to receive it at the dinner table here, and then you're going to act, right? So you say, uh, you know, uh, Johnny, who are you going to call, or what are you going to do, or who are you going to visit? What kind of act are you going to make? Um, I don't know. Why don't you call Grandma in Ohio? Um, I don't like to call Grandma in Ohio. Hey, Johnny, it's not about you. Remember, this is about being filled up with Jesus, and then we're going to be a gift to others. It's in being that gift that we find ourselves, John. So we all have to realize. So, so you see what they're doing? They're learning to be filled at the table, have fun, enjoy themselves, bring Christ into this, be filled up, and then go be a gift. Maybe you're delivering a pie to, again, a sick neighbor. Maybe uh, there's a new kid at school, and you say, you know what? My job this week is going to say hi, be, to say hi to that kid, uh, whatever. So, and before dinner is finished, you just rotate those assignments and and give them to the next person down. So everybody's always doing something different, right? So this is simple. And later, as your children get older and discussions that you have with them on sexuality, pornography, they're all going to flow so much easier because they came out of organically out of the fruits of your Christ-centered home together. You know, that talk that you give them about sex or whatever, that shouldn't be a one-time thing. We should be opening these things up all the time. The podcast that I do every Wednesday, that's uh, Theology of the Body. Listen to that. You'll have you'll have a thousand ideas to share with the family over time. But this, again, Tuesday night at the Smith Home, so we're going to share a little reflection on the gospel. So buckle up, and I'll be right back with today's Sunday Gospel. Okay, we're back, and we got you 
you can picture that the the family is gathered around, and you're going to read the gospel. And, and again, you, sometimes you just pick out just a couple of things. You know, what did Jesus mean about that? But this is pretty short. So what I'd say is, hey guys, I'm going to unpack this gospel. There's there's going to be two women in here uh, in the gospel. Tell me which one you think is uh, is 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 doing the job that they should be doing. Okay, you ready to go, kids? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're ready, Dad. Jesus entered the village where a woman whose name was Martha welcomed him. She had a sister named Mary who sat beside the Lord at his feet, listening to him speak. Well, Martha, she was in charge of the kitchen, and she was burdened with much serving. She was taking care of everybody. And she came to Jesus and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister Mary is sitting at your feet? It's just left me by myself to do all the serving. Tell her to come help me. The Lord said to her in reply, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and worried about many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, and it will not be taken from her. The gospel of the Lord. Praise be to God, huh? So what a beautiful thing, right? So our Lord, if you read the the, uh, the gospel, uh, the readings right before this, he was heading for Jerusalem, Jerusalem, and on his journey, it took him through Bethany, the village where Lazarus and Martha and Mary lived. It's a family whom he had a special affection for, as we had seen in other passages of the gospel. With St. Augustine comments on this scene as follows. He says, Mary, who was arranging and preparing the Lord's meal, was busy doing many things, whereas Mary uh, preferred to find her meal— Right, her substance, her, her substance, her substance, <laughs> in what the Lord was saying. In a way, she deserted her sister, who was very busy, and sat herself down at Jesus' feet, just listening to his words. She was faithfully obeying what the psalm said: "Be still and know that I am God." That's Psalm forty-six, verse ten. If you want to look it up, "Be still and know that I am God." Martha was getting annoyed. Mary was feasting. The former. Uh, Martha was coping with many things, the later concentrating on just that one, on Jesus. But St. Augustine, now St. Augustine was born in 350-something. He died in, in, the, in the early uh, 4th century. So, so th- he, this is all known all this time they were commenting on it. What a beautiful thing, right? And what did, what did uh, St. Augustine say? Both occupations were good. Both were good. You know, Martha has come to be seen, as it were, the symbol of the active life uh, in the church, and Mary that of contemplative life, where you're, you're quiet and you're praying. However, for us in the, in the domestic church, you know, um, that we're not called to just be contemplatives, you know, and, and not many religious are either. You know, you got pastors and sisters that are working in parishes. They're called to pray and then be filled with God's love and then bring that into the parish. And that's what we're called to do. You know, we're called to make everywhere we go, uh, shopping, um, when we go shopping, when we, you know, we take our car out to drop somebody off and pick up a kid, um, if we, when we go to work, we're called to bring holiness into those spaces. That's how holiness gets in. This is what we're really called to do. We're actually called to watch our language, to bring, be the salt and the light. And this world needs us, right? Let me talk about Mother Elvira. She uh, she's still alive today, and, and she welcomes. She set up these homes to welcome the lost and desperate. She's got 70, 71 houses. She she has other sisters that joined her. Seventy one houses in twenty different countries, and really that's the domestic church. Each one of those houses, so they bring God into their lives and into these houses, and they share it with all these different people who are lost and desperate in these various houses. So she writes this commentary on this uh, gospel, and she says to this, To whom shall we go? God's dream 
is that mankind, men and women, will come to know him. That's why God became man and Jesus in Jesus and entered into human history. So Jesus came into our story, into human history to be with us. Why? Because God's dream is that mankind will come to know him. Therefore, the only true thing, Mother Elvira says, that counts in the life of any human being is this encounter with Jesus. See, I'm going to stop here for a second. This is what we're doing in our house. If we don't bring Christ in on this, say, like a Tuesday night at the Smith home, we're not going to encounter Jesus. You know, you, your kids may may miss this encounter at a young age or whatever, however age they are when you start to do this. This encounter with Jesus happens because we invite him into our lives, right? So I'm going to go back to Mother Elvira. We understand the importance of having a goal, an ideal, stable security, something that genuinely keeps us rooted in our lives. We all desire to plant our feet on solid foundations, yet often the reality of daily life is that we find ourselves standing on quicksand in the promises of the world. By truthfully uh, observing ourselves and what happens around us, we often concretely experience that the things of the world cannot fill the heart of man. Anybody that's been around this world long enough, and I've been around for a while, realizes that you know this is a world that's becoming increasingly crazy, um, and you're never really filled. You know, St. Augustine had that saying, Lord, my heart is restless until it rests in you. And Mother Alvira says, however, I believe that the meaning of rest in you must be understood properly. Especially today, with all the stress and the many difficulties of daily life, there's a temptation to escape from reality. You know, you would get into our iPads, into our sporting events. Once in a while, it's good to escape probably for a little while and relax, but but not so escaping that we get into this crazy world and disconnection from God, right? So we what we do, though, is we create an abstract spiritual world that's unreal and illusory, and to encounter a God with a small g that we've created. A God who gives us what we want and leaves us in peace to do what we want. Instead, the incarnation, when Jesus came into the world, tells us that we cannot create our own God. Rather, it is he who comes to reveal himself to us, make himself known to us, who comes to meet us, to love us, to guide us. And so that's what we're doing when we invite Jesus in. We're not going to make up our own gods. You know, I'm spiritual, and I hear this all the time. And I said, well, what are you doing? Well, I do whatever I want to do. God is a lot just like me, maybe a little bit more. And I go, no, dude, you know, God, God created you in his image and likeness. You, didn't, you don't create God in your image and likeness. You know, we get so goofed up. So Jesus is going to come in, settle our hearts, bring us some peace, bring love and joy into our families. And so I'll finish with this last part from Mother Elvira. It's something completely different to have a heart that rests in God, she said, a heart that has found everything that it has always wanted and for which it was created. I believe, she said, that this means that we must be willing to lay down our life in concrete actions and that our heart must be rooted both in the present moment and in God. So so what she's saying is, right, that's those two things, that present moment, those concrete actions, they have to be filled with God. We take God with us. So when we get Tuesday night at the Smith home, we we read scripture, we pray the rosary, we go to the sacraments of reconciliation and fill ourselves up at the mass, that we have God within us, and then we go out into the world in action, right? That's all Tuesday night at the Smith home. That's how you're you're actually put into practice in a very simple way. You'll see the benefits from this. They, 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 They can be and will be huge if you stay with it. Mother Elvira says, my experience teaches me that when you truly meet God, you have an enormous number of things to do. It's no longer meaningless busyness, 
but a dynamism that is born from the desire to bring to fruition all the potential that God has placed in you. To say yes to Jesus is to reach our maximum fulfillment because this is the true meaning of our existence. The goal to reach, it is the only thing that really counts. And it is for this reason that God became man. To do what? So that we can say yes to Jesus, get to encounter Jesus, say yes to him. He comes into our life. We come into his life. And then Jesus, you know, helps us to reach our maximum fulfillment, which is really what? To be filled with his divine life and love and then to be a gift to others. If you don't do that second part, if you don't become a gift to others, if you don't bring the light and the salt into the world and love other people, take care of your neighbor, then you'll never finish the circle, right? It becomes a selfish God. It's not the God of the Bible, right? The God of the Bible, just look up at a crucifix. This is my body given for you. He gives himself away and he asks us to do the same thing. But you can't reverse that. You can't go out in the world before you take the prayer on, right? Because otherwise you'll be like a social worker uh, that just runs out and gets burnt out. No, we keep going back into prayer, the Tuesday night at the Smith home, the sacraments to be filled with the life, the divine life and love, and then become that divine life and love in the world. God will guide us there, right? And she says again, to say yes to this, to Jesus, is to reach our maximum fulfillment because this is the true meaning of our existence, the goal to reach. It is the only thing that really counts and is for this reason that God became man. All right, so ask the kids again, you know, so who had the most important role, Mary or Martha? Let them talk about it. There's no right answer here. Let them talk about why, why you think, and then say, you know what I think? I think both of them had it. Who who thinks that? Because one of them, Mary, is being filled and, and Martha's working. Well, next time it'll be reversed. Next time Martha will be sitting there with Jesus being filled, and maybe even that night later on, and Martha's going to, and, and Mary will clean up, right? So Martha makes the dinner, Right, just like mom or dad are making a dinner on Tuesday night at the Smith home. Well, one of the kids, maybe it's cleanup time, or dad gets up and cleans up, and then mom gets, you know, whatever. So, right, we're doing both. We're listening to Jesus, we're talking about Jesus, we're being filled, and then we're going out and and doing our thing. Hey, God bless you. If you have any questions, shoot me an email. Talk to you soon, everybody. Thanks for joining me. Bye bye. 